Welcome to the Button to Christ Ministries podcast. Here you will find powerful messages from our ministry founder and president, Patrick Baker. You will also hear interviews and testimonies, all designed to encourage God's people to come higher in Christ Jesus and experience true power in Him. Join us every week on our prayer line every Tuesday and Friday morning at 5 a.m. and Tuesday and Friday nights at 7.30 and 9 p.m. respectively. All times are Eastern Standard Time. And now, without further ado, sit back and enjoy the Button to Christ Ministries podcast. Le cri de mon âme élève vers moi, elle te réclame. Jésus pour son roi, son jour est facile, son pardon sur mon cœur d'office, veille au bon berger. Alléluia, 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 Alléluia. Hallelujah, 
Amen. Amen. Praise ye the Lord. Hallelujah. Salvation and glory and power unto our Lord, our God, omnipotent, who reigneth. Lord of Lords and King of all kings. This is the king in your life today. Praise ye the Lord. We have the Lord on our side. We have God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, and we have two-thirds of the angels. Mercy. We're on the winning side, folks. We're on the winning side, despite the challenges that we go through and the difficulties. But as we have heard this week, God answer prior Sometime in the morning, sometime in the noon, sometime in the night. But you must be praying for him to answer your prayer. So we give God the praise and the honor. We're now going to be definitely going into a word. But before we hear a word, let us bow our head and ask the Holy Spirit to continually encamp and to come even more by means of his power in our lives. Let us pray. Father in heaven, we come. We come through the Holy Spirit that you have given unto us. And Holy Spirit, we ask now that you will go with groaning and utterance that we cannot understand, that we do not know. We ask now, Lord Jesus Christ of Nazareth, because you are our Savior, you are our intercessor, that you will hear us, that you will lead us, and let the words that will be coming forth tonight not fall on deaf ears, not fall on stony ground, Lord, but indeed will fall upon our hearts, will fall upon us, Lord. And if our hearts are hard, Lord, break it. If our hearts, Father God, need to be healed, heal it, Lord. Whatever you need to do tonight, Lord, we give up ourselves, we give up our mind, we give up our body to your service and to your cause. So we give you all the worship now as we welcome you and we thank you, Lord, for preparing our hearts now for your word. In the precious name of Jesus Christ, of Nazareth, we pray with thanksgiving to God for the glory. Amen. Amen. Praise ye the Lord. Indeed, uh, Brother Patrick, press start, start to unmute your phone. Want to give God praise and thanks. We know time is far spent, but praise ye the Lord as we press together in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise God. Yes, thank you, my brother. Praise the Lord. I just want to say happy Sabbath to everyone. God has been a good God, brought us through the week, and we are so grateful. I am so grateful. It has been a rough week, as usual, but I'm praising the Lord anyhow. Um, overwhelmed with calls and different issues to deal with, but nevertheless, we are just praising God. He brought me through. He brought you through. That's the loving God we serve. That's the God whom we worship. And we're so grateful and thankful for his goodness, his graciousness towards all of us. I'm so blessed with all the testimonies from around the world. And I'm just thankful that the Lord is with us. Um, it's going to be a really short word tonight. And, but... I know we are a little bit late, but I'm going to spend a 10 minutes in taking some questions. Um, last couple of weeks ago, somebody asked a question and I didn't get to address it. A question, and it, I think it's taken from Revelation 22, verse 2, where it says, In the midst of the tree of it, and on either side, 
of the river was there the tree of life, which bare twelve manna of fruit, and yield her fruit every month, and the leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nation. And I think somebody was asking, why was it necessary to have that tree in heaven when Jesus himself is there? I want to tell you that a lot of things that the Lord uses is very symbolic, you know, and and there's always symbols and signs and things that the Lord uses because this tree represents Christ. It's a reminder of our need and dependence upon the sustainer of life at the terrible cost. So it's just a reminder of Jesus. So this tree represents Christ. So, you know, we can speak more on it. There's so much to say. But what I want to do, I want to go into taking about four questions before I'm opening the word. And the word is going to be coming to us about covetousness, covet. And, and the Lord always led me to some practical things. And it's is found in Exodus 20, verse 17, where it says, Thou shall not commit uh, thy neighbor. There's something about the neighbor. Some people love to look at what the neighbor uh, has. And the Lord warns us that covetousness is not a good thing. And we ought not to harbor this evil amongst us because it's the eyes. But before I do so, if there's any spiritual question, we always try to limit it to spiritual questions because I get a lot of texts with people asking me questions around the clock. So I'm going to open it to four questions, four different people. Just unmute your phone, say your name, where you're calling from, and if you have a spiritual question, something you don't understand. And I'm able to break it down based on the experience that we have working with different people over the period of time. So who wants to be first? Hello. Yes. Hello. Go ahead. Happy Sabbath. Hi. I don't know if my question. Happy Sabbath. Hi. Uh, my my question is about the, um, you know how we um, casting uh, out the demon. So We're not Jews, hearing you clearly. The, is this Sister Joseph? Yes. We're not um, hearing you Brother Patrick, hello. Yeah. Okay. Um. How about now? Hello. Yeah, is it better? Bit, okay. Better now. Thanks. Okay. okay. Yeah, the Jew do they um they have um the same issue when it comes to um uh, demon possessed uh, uh casting out demons. Um do they do that in because I don't know much about it. Uh when I say much about it about their rituals, about the Jews, um the Christian Jews, um do they go through the same issue as the you know, the Caribbean or the African people? Well, in every single culture, 
the devil is active and working. And um, I really don't know how they deal with it in terms of casting out demons because in terms of Jesus Christ, this name is what the demon is afraid of. When you come in the name of Jesus Christ, demons tremble. You know, I mean, so when it comes to, like, for example, um, um, the Jewish um, um, symbol, um, it's like the Star of David um, that they use. I want to tell you that they use this in the occult a lot. And I've been into a Jewish home already where they will have a demonic issue. And, and right here in Toronto, it's very powerful. And when we got in there, uh, we had to use the name of Jesus Christ. And we come across this a lot of times where we're praying for people and they don't believe in Jesus Christ. But they are coming under heavy attack and they are willing to accept. And Jesus is so powerful that even when you're there and you're skeptic, when the name is Paul and, and God uses people, demon will have to tremble. So um, from my recording and knowing, back then, um, uh, if you notice when the New Testament, that's when a lot of Jesus did a lot of work of casting out demons. Not that saying demon wasn't existed before, because God, those powerful men of God, those men of God, was praying to God the Almighty, and Satan could not uh, destroy them because they were anointed prophets. If you look back to Abraham and the attack he comes under, you know, you may see a different form and how the devil attacked in the way back in the Old Testament. But the name of Jesus Christ is above all names. And since now, if you talk about present day now, we have to use the name of Jesus Christ because. Jesus Christ came and his atoning blood. And that's who the devil is fighting against. That's what the great controversy is about. It's about Jesus Christ. That's who he hates. You know what I mean? So uh, I don't know if I answer your question there, but that's what I can say. Yeah, okay. the second part. Um... Here, go ahead. Hello? Yeah, in the time of Christ, um, when somebody died, I know they used to, um, I don't know if it's the three days or 24 hours, but I know some cultures did not enter the sanctuary with their dead body for funeral. Um, I need to know, is, if it, is it wrong to... When you know we have funeral or culture, we have the funeral inside the sanctuary, and then we go to uh, to the burial, continue the burial service. I know some cultures, or I I heard, I don't know if it's true, the Jewish did not enter the uh, the temple with dead body. I didn't. I need to know if it's um. Well, is yes. it something now? Uh, some culture, yes. Some culture they don't take the dead body into the sanctuary. But you got to look back at it and say that a lot of people who are strict with certain cultures, they don't really know God. They are legalistic, and there's a lot. You know, it's like a seesaw. They are up on one end, but down on the other. 
So it's a cultural thing. As a matter of fact, um, last week somebody passed away, and an Italian gentleman came to him and said, the burial is not going to be until three weeks. Here's something in that type of culture where, in the black culture, where they take so long to bury the dead. He said, I've never heard that in my life. Again, I had to assure him that it's just a cultural thing. They're waiting for families to come, and they waited. But some culture, they have to get the body in the grave within 24 hours. So, again, it's a cultural thing, you know what I mean? And some people don't bring the dead in the sanctuary. But from the biblical point of view, as Adventists, we bring the dead in the sanctuary, and we have the funeral service. You know, and we do everything in respect and, you know, according to the word of God. So it's only some um, cultures, my sister, and in the Jewish culture, remember, they don't really accept Christ. So a lot of things they do is tradition and what's coming from way back that they are carrying still in their culture. All right, I hope I answer you. So next question. Anybody else have any other questions before I go to a short word? I have two more questions I will take. Say your name, where you're calling from. Okay, if there's nobody else, I'm going to move on then. And uh, a lot of people always have a lot of questions concerning spiritual warfare. So, okay. So, I'm going to open with a prayer again and we're going to go to Exodus um, 20, verse 17. Let us pray right now. Father in heaven, we're so grateful, O oh God, for your goodness, your mercy towards us, Lord, and Father, we just invite your holy presence, Lord, as you come and draw nigh unto us, Lord, as we congregate on this Sabbath hour just for this devotion, I may say, Lord, where we can study your words and come closer to you. I just pray that you will move with power and with might, and your name for sure will be exalted. And I thank you, praise you, exalt you, Jesus Christ. God. So I know, um, I don't know when last have you studied the commandment, Exodus 20. Very powerful. I've done a, quite a few words. And uh, one of the favorite verse I usually use is verse 4. Thou shalt make, thou shalt not make any graven image are any likeness of anything that is in heaven. Very powerful. So when we study the scripture, we have to go in detail and really ask the Holy Spirit, ask him to really lead us and bring things to our memory and as we research and see how God works in mighty ways, you know, just to break down how we should live. And when I look at verse 17, as the Lord led me to verse 17, it says, Thou shalt not covet thy neighbor's house. 
and Christ should stop there. Thy neighbor's house. You see, what it's showing us is it's a heart business. Covetousness stems from the heart. And um, a lot of the troubles we have around the world is because of covetousness. I want to tell you that your neighbor is the closest person to you. Not necessarily meant that is the person lives next door to you. You want to look at it that way because we grew up on saying, oh, my neighbor is next door. And a lot of times we don't know our neighbors. Some neighbors never talk to you. They don't even say hi. But I want to tell you, covetousness runs deep. That sometimes people don't have to know you to hate you. And I know a lot of us could give many testimonies of, of people who dislike you and they never know you. A lot of times this happens where you may have a car and somebody look on your car and like, wow, you drive that? And they don't really know you, but they will come up to you because they see your car. The material things, the eyes, the eyes connect to the heart. And the Lord knows that this was going to be a big problem in our relationship with him. That a lot of people are doing a lot of stealing and killing because they covet. They covet their neighbor. They commit, covet somebody that they know, a friend. And no wonder friends always hurt friends. And that's why this runs deep where the Lord makes it so personal the way it says your neighbor, the person who is close to you, your neighbor. He says, thou shalt not covet thy neighbor's house. If the neighbor have a bigger house than you. Have you tried to peep in the neighbor's house to see if the furniture, the flooring is better than yours? We're talking about the eyes here and how it connects to the heart. Because you see, it's a heart problem. A lot of people, you know, you may have a business going and you're doing well. And some cultures, people develop a way of not sharing what you own or what you have. People hide it because there's some covetous eyes. And if people know that you're doing well in certain things, they will start to see, how can I get it? How can I disable you? How can I stop you from striving? How can I cut your business off? And, and, and how can I do the same? How can I do the same? It's a major problem covetousness and 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 if we put ourselves on the other side you know as the neighbor and the neighbor is showing you what they have and they are expressing and happy to show you what they own and in your heart something is coming up and saying wow 
I wish I could get it. Started to realize that this is one of Satan's main tools. The covetousness is linked to pride. And I did a session not too long ago about pride. That pride is the gateway for many sins. It's the gateway for greed. It's the gateway for murder. It's the gateway. A lot of people who rob and commit murder is because they want what you have. They will rob you at gunpoint to get your money so that they can live big and live in Beverly Hills. It's the heart. And God is saying that this lustful uh, thing, sin, will not get us anywhere. And the Lord is warning us about this until this is in the, the commandment, the, the precepts of the living God. You say, listen, this is going to be a problem. Because look, look at this. If you back up in the commandments and go to verse 15, it says, thou shall not steal. There is a problem with stealing. A lot of people are addicted. It becomes addictive to stealing. And once you love to steal, you see something and you look over your shoulder, nobody's looking, you're going to go for it. And you're thinking about how this can benefit me. I can pay off for this. That's the heart. If you look at verse 16, thou shalt not bear false witness against thy neighbor. Don't lie. Don't lie on your neighbor. Blackmail them. And then it comes to 17, thou shalt not commit thy neighbor. Thy neighbor's house. It becomes the desire. The heart desire. What you're looking at. It's an eye problem. It's an issue. Looking. So, so you look at it. You desire to have it. You want it. And you move to get it. But some people don't get it. So you commit the sin already. Hello, somebody. I'm coming again. So you look at the thing. And it connects to the heart. In your heart. There's a lot of thought going from your mind because the mind, the frontal lobe is interchangeable with the heart. They connect. So you look and in your mind, the thought of the enemy saying, oh man, I wish I could have that. And then it goes down to the heart and out of the heart come evil things. And you're thinking, what am I going to do to get this? And your desire to have it, your eyes are looking on the house. It's looking on the, on the material things. And as you look at it, you want it, you desire to it, and you move to get it in whatever cause. When you move to get it, some people get it. Then your life is miserable. The Lord is warning us against this in this commandment that sinful behavior is not going to get us anywhere. So it says... We should not commit the neighbor's house. Thou shall not commit my neighbor's wife. The thief have gone a little bit deeper. Because the wife now becomes emotional. It becomes sensual, sexual. It becomes emotional right now. He's saying uh, the neighbor, somebody close to you. He's saying that's how the devil works. 
we talk about the Jezebel spirit. You know, the Jezebel spirit part three was so powerful. I was shaken. The enemy was trying to stop me from giving that sermon. It's the same context here. Did it ever move subtle? And the Lord is showing us that covetousness connects to the heart and it runs deep and it will destroy. It will cause people to move over into sexual sin. It goes even deeper when it says, nor his maidservant, nor his manservant or maidservant, nor his up, nor his up, nor anything that is within thy neighbor's house, pretty much. The Lord is saying there is a problem with covetousness. It's deep-rooted. It's a heart issue. And it will take us to Christ's grave. God is saying we need to get rid of this. It's a commandment. He put it in there for us to look at, to know that the devil is going to use this against God's people. Listen, when you go to certain countries, I won't call any names of different countries that they are taking people hostage. It's all about money. It's all about robbing people, killing people. It's all about husbands killing wives and wives killing husbands. It's huge. They take out life insurance on each other and somebody will hire somebody to bump them off. You know what it is? It's a hard problem. Covetousness. The love of men is going to walk cold. This is the last days. If we are not vigilant, if we are not ready, for what is ahead of us. People are going to look at us for what you own and what you have to see how they can take it away because it's a dreadful and wicked world right now. And God is asking us, are we ready to deal with this? This is a hard problem. I'm going to look at a few verses before we close. I want you to look at, at let's move over to Hebrews. I'm just going to just pull some scriptures that the Lord showed me concerning covetousness. Because, you see, these are heavy, heavy, deep-rooted things that is affecting God's people. Look at Hebrews 13, verse 5. And hear what it says. Let your conversation be without covetousness and be content with such things as you have. For he has said, I will never leave thee, nor forsake. The Lord is saying, lean on me. You see, what's in the heart, if there's covetousness in the heart, it's going to affect your conversation. It's going to affect your eyes. I'm telling you, if you want to know if somebody really covets you, just look at them when they look at what you have. If you show them your house, if you show them your place, if you show them what you have, you see them in awe, like, wow, I wish I had this. God is saying, listen, let your conversation be without covetousness. How do we do that? 
That's when we are contented in the Lord. And remember that the Lord promised that he will never leave us nor forsake us. It's a promise here that the Lord said, listen, if you don't have it, I can give it to you. Just put your trust in me. Just lean on me. Mercy. I want you to go to, let's back up to Exodus 18. I'm going to use for three more scriptures for a close. Look at Exodus 18 here, brethren. 18, verse 21. 18, verse 21 says, Moreover, thou shalt provide out of all the people able men. That's when they were choose. God was given direction to choose these men. Listen who he wants. Moreover, thou shalt provide out of all the people able men such as fear God, men of truth, hating covetousness, hard problem again, and place such over them to be rulers of thousands and rulers of hundreds, rulers of tens, of fifties, rulers of ten. He's saying, listen, when you chose these men, make sure that there's no covetousness in their heart. Because once you have covetousness, you're going to want what the other person has, and the heart is going to become more corrupt, and it's going to dis- disturb everything that the Lord set out. That's what the devil did. He covets. He want to be like the Most High God. God is saying we need to stay away from covetousness. We need to be directed to the truth. Our eyes need to focus on the Lord. The last scripture I'm going to use, I want you to turn with me to Timothy. And this is big. Timothy chapter 6. As I said, this is First Timothy. First Timothy chapter 6. And I'm going to read from 9 down to 12. Very big scripture. Very big. And hear what it says. It says, and it says, but they that will be rich fall into temptation and a snare. That's when you desire things. You covet. You desire to have riches. And it says, and unto many foolish and harmful lusts, which drown men in destruction and perdition. It's saying when we have that covetous heart, that we want money, we want to become so rich so fast, it's going to bring us into snare. It's going to bring us to do foolish things. It's going to bring us to lust, and it's going to bring destruction. Not that if we're wise and we have a good heart, God won't give us what's best for us and help us to be rich so we can help others. But God is talking about when you desire this thing, you covet that you will do anything to get money. Look at verse 10, what it says. For the love of money is the root of all evil. It did not say money is the root of all evil, like what a lot of people say. No. Is the love of money. If you underline that love, 
it's a different love. That's when the heart loves. That's when you have a covetous heart and the heart desires to have things that the neighbors have. That's, God is saying, listen, it's okay to have it. But let us calm down and allow the Spirit of the Lord to work with us and surrender our hearts over to the Lord. And don't get caught up in the love of money. Sometimes you know something. Sometimes if you're going to help somebody, you must be able to work for free. Try it. Instead of working and, and, you know, there was one time I know this friend of mine a long time back. And he had some carpet go down, new carpet. And he can't get anybody. And I said, oh. Don't worry. Let's rent the pool and go put it down. I said, really? And we did. And, I, and we put it down perfect. And he said, how much do you charge? I said, don't worry about it. It's free. And he said, you really spent all these hours and it's free? I said, yeah. That's how God works. Sometimes go and do a good deed. Help somebody. Usually charge them. Go do it for free. And see how God will bless you. But some people, they will never move a nail for free. Because the love of money is in their heart so much that they are looking to see how much can I get? How much can I get? He's, God is showing us that if we love to give and allow God to work through us, God can bless us. He's saying in verse 10 of First Timothy 6. For the love of money is the root of all evil, which while some coveted after, they have erred from the faith and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. Listen, I, I know I talked about this before. I did a little research on the lotto. A lot of people spend big money to buy a lotto. And they think big and they sit and plan and say, if I ever win this lotto, what I would do. I did a research on people that won the lotto. As a matter of fact, I have a, a lady that called me for help. And her mom won the lotto in Florida. Her mom won over $120 million. And her mom put down $20 million for her. And she's calling me and asking me what I think. And <laughs> I said to her, I just tell her my take, that I don't buy lotto and I don't use lotto money. I could not tell you. I can just tell you that. That don't associate with me. But she said the mom have it now a year, a year and a half. Don't say. 20 million. She's struggling with if this is of God. But I want to tell you, I did a research with two people. One whom I've seen already. Who won the lotto. They won around 16 million Canadian dollars. And he said when he won the lotto, on the television, he said the first thing he wants is a truck, a 
pickup truck. The next morning, over 200 pickup trucks was on the street, blocked everywhere. Toyota bring every type. Ford bring every type. Every dealership in city brought every brand of pickup truck and parked it close to the house. His nightmare started. People will camp out from different countries at his address. He moved like three times and have no peace. The family is fighting against each other for the money. There are several cases I read that family members committed murder because of the latter. Many times. The gentleman said if he could turn his life around again, he wouldn't want to win the 16 or 15 million dollars because his life becomes a living hell. A lot of people, if you go and research it, you're going to see. That's when the love of money, the devil have his people. The devil have people in race hearts and different things, and people want more money. If you notice, the casino and the gambling is at its highest level now. Everybody wants to win. And you never end up being the winner. It's the time when the Lord is saying we need to turn our hearts to Him. Even when things get rough and you have no money to pay your bills, you think if you buy the ladder, you're going to win and everything is going to be hunky-dory. I'm going to pay off all my credit cards and I'm done. You never have a different plan. You could buy until next year. You ain't winning. The point is, God is pointing us to the heart. Listen, look what verse 11 says. We're coming down to an Look what verse 11 says. But thou, O man of God, flee these things and follow after righteousness, godliness, faith, love, patience, meekness. Hello? Take a look at that again. The Lord already listed the destruction of what the heart can bring when we are wrapped up and, and we forfeit what others have, forfeit and want more, the love of money. We put our energies into different directions instead of focusing on the Lord. Even when you're doing some form of investment, don't go in it to be billionaire. Just put what you can and don't overdo anything so you can't sleep and have stress thinking about your investment. God wants us to be peaceful. He wants us to come with a humble heart. Verse 11, God was giving us some wise counsel to his prophet. He's saying in verse 11, But thou, O man of God, who is this man of God? Are you a man of God? Are you a woman of God? Is the Lord talking to you? Are we mixing up things and not focusing on the Lord and know that there's an issue? And this is the last days and God's people are going to come under more attack because it's all about material things. You know, the prices of houses are skyrocketing and people are buying homes and, and, and their mortgages, 500, 600,000. What if the market crash? 
what if? What if things change? How are we going to survive? What if you were to fool with somebody and go into a one-bedroom house? What if? This is the last day. Anything can happen. We got to be prepared. He says, but thou, O man of God, flee these things. Flee the love of money. Flee the lusting. Try God. Flee these things and follow after righteousness. How do we follow after righteousness? Verse 11, how do we follow? What is righteousness? How do we follow after it? You being a Christian, you being born again, you being consecrated and renewed and reborn. You know, as Nicodemus says, how can a man be born again? Are you born again, brethren? Are you willing to be righteous? Are you going after righteousness? Are you going after godliness? Everything you do is holiness, the pathway to holiness. Are you going after faith? How do my faith go? How do my love go? Not love for lustful things and the flesh, but love for the grace and the goodness of God. Love for God. How do you exercise patience and wait on the Lord? Wait, I say, wait on the Lord. How do you exercise meekness, uh, humility, you, you know, modesty, just work according to the spirit of the Lord? This is the last days. We need to put on verse 11. Verse 11, we need to underline it, and this is how we need to be men of God and women of the living God. Last verse. You can go read the whole chapter here, but look at the last verse, what I'm going to read. Verse 12. Fight the good fight of faith. Come on, somebody. How do you fight the good fight of faith? Analyze it. I want you to tonight or tomorrow, Go back to these verses I've used and just let it marinate within your brain and talk to the Lord. It's a relationship. It's not Dr. Christ. It's not Brother Patrick. It's, no, it's not any one of us. God is calling all of us to higher worship. God is calling us to connect with him. During this COVID time, we need to spend the time with God. Stop from watching the television. Stop from staying and looking on, on, on video games and, and, and YouTube uh, videos. Some of us are involved in YouTube videos all night, all day, we on our phone. What about your relationship with God? Is this a time when we can talk to God and listen, and he can talk back and tell us what to do? Why not try it? Why not fight the good fight? First verse says, fight the good fight of faith. How do you do that? Lay hold on eternal life. Mercy, mercy, mercy. Lay hold on eternal life. It says, put your eyes upon eternal life pretty much. Do you know what it is? Do you know what it's going to be? Heaven? When he's going to wipe away the tears? Are you going to be filled with unbelief and doubt? and think we're not going to make it, there's no heaven. What if you're found on the outside of the new Jerusalem? The Lord is saying, think higher. Think spiritual and lay hold on eternal life. He's trying to say, look in the spiritual realm and think about my coming. 
and, and what does it profit a man to gain the whole world and loses his own soul? Why? What does it profit? Mercy, mercy, mercy. Wind down. Let me finish with the verse. And it says, Whereunto thou art also called and hast professed a good profession before many witnesses. That's too deep. Listen to verse 13. I have to read this. I give thee charge in the sight of God, who quickeneth all things before Christ Jesus, who before Pontius Pilate witnessed a good confession. Oh, Lord, we need more time to break this down. I'm just encouraging you tonight, virgin, that the Christian walk is no easy walk. The devil is going to come with covetousness. He's going to come with pride itself. He's going to come with people that will discourage you. People are going to rise up against you in this last day. It's a battle and a march. But God is saying, as Adventists, God's people, the Sabbath is powerful. As God's people, the Sabbath keepers, trust me, it's going to be a battle and a march. A lot of people are going to deceive us, but we've got to hold on to the faith. Hold on to Christ Jesus. Stop from playing church. Stop fooling around with eternal life. The Lord is saying, grab hold of it. I don't know about you, but I definitely want to go home. I want to see Jesus. I don't know about you. If you want to see him, I want to see Jesus. We heard about him. We know what he did, but... Sometimes it seems like it's not real, but it is real. The Lord is saying to you tonight, make a decision to follow him. We're not talking about just going to church. A lot of us go to church, but we don't really know him. When last have you connected with him? When last have you heard his voice, he taps you on your shoulder and says, don't do that. I want to teach you. Go read this first. When last have you had a conversation? and you seek after righteousness, and you have a holy encounter with the living God. When last are you so wrapped up trying to get more things? You're so wrapped up trying to get a better job that you're missing salvation. You're missing the mark. God has given us a warning tonight, all of us, that we need to turn our eyes upon him. As the song says, turn your eyes upon Jesus and look full in his wonderful face. So that this thing that this world will go fairly thin, it will just fade out. God is calling you tonight. You're listening. This may be your first time coming on this prayer line. You may be coming on this prayer line all the time. This doesn't qualify us for heaven. It's our relationship. I know I want to come higher with the Lord. I know I did a case today. I prayed for that young woman you heard from France here. And she's on a journey. And I prayed with her. And the deliverance was almost 100%. But there's always a strong man that is standing out and don't want to leave. And I'm saying, Lord, have mercy. We need more power. People don't 
everyone has to have faith. Oh, God, I, I'm saying, I was piercing back and forth and said, Lord, uh, just strip me, Lord, of everything. Strip me of self. Every time I look on myself, I don't look on others. I look and say, Lord, when you use Paul and Silas, when you use the disciples, Lord, I want to be you. I come to the mercy seat and I said, Lord, I need to be used, oh God. What must I do to be saved like that man? What must I do? How must I be born again? I said, Lord, what must I do to come higher? I don't know about you. I'm wrestling with God and say, Lord, I want to come higher. I'm not contented. I want to see people delivered immediately. I need the empowerment. I need the Elijah power. And I'm saying, Lord, what must I do? I don't know about you. I'm wrestling. Even when we get off the phone, I'm wrestling. I'm saying, Lord, is there anything in me? Is there self that needs to go? Is there anything I'm overdoing? Oh, God of glory. God is asking me tonight, brethren. What do you need to do to come closer? What more you do to take your eyes off the material things? We're going to suffer. You don't understand. We're going to go through things. You better prepare for it. You better prepare for war. Some of us going to have no jobs for the soon. Some of us going to have to, to shock up with each other. You don't get it. We think we're all going to live in our mansion until Christ comes. We have it wrong. There is a war. There's a great controversy going on. There's something brewing. There's a storm brewing, and it's coming. Are you ready? Are you getting your gears ready? Are, do you have your armor on? Do you have your sword in your hand, the word of God? God is asking you, how are you preparing? You don't understand that. These Christians nowadays, it's nothing like when Martin Luther and those powerful reformers of the gospel that Ellen White spoke about in the great controversy. I'm telling you, a lot of us don't ready for war. We're so weak and comfy. We, 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 we're so puffed up. We, we don't ready for war. I'm praying as a God. Get me ready. Just give me some strength. Tonight, somebody needs some strength. I'm closing right now. I'm going to pray before we have the prayer request. I'm praying that God will just open some eyes and help people to turn away their eyes from the lustful, from the covetousness, turn away their eyes from their neighbor and look to Jesus. Lord God of glory, as we pray this night, oh God, Father, you've seen the need for higher calling. You see the need of your people around Toronto, around Australia. You're looking all over the globe from St. Lucia right to Barbados to Jamaica. You're looking, oh God, in the U.S. You're looking in Haiti. You're looking all over the globe in Africa. You're seeing, oh God, that there's some faithful people on the prayer line tonight. There's some soldiers who are bubbling up to come higher. You're seeing people from Jamaica. All different around the globe. People are just ready. Oh, God, give us an unction from heaven. Give us a portion, oh, God, of your Holy Ghost power so that we will be ready, oh, God. Help us not to just worry over things and complain about simple things and take our eyes off Jesus. Lord God of glory, Lord God of heaven, open your glory, O oh God, and pour out a blessing upon your people tonight that will never be the same. I thank you, O oh God, as we receive your blessing. 
and we praise you, exalt you, and give you all the worship. This is my humble prayer. In Jesus Christ's name, receive it, saints of God. Amen and amen. We'll now have the prayer request. Jesus. Thanks for listening to the Bun to Christ Ministries podcast. We hope that you were blessed. Feel free to visit our website at buntochrist.com for more content and information. Also, feel free to contact us at buntochrist70 at gmail.com with your prayer requests or any questions you may have. May God richly bless you, and we'll see you next time.